Hello, this is Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with sharing the Word of God. And we're going to be continuing from the series that we started Bible study on last week from the book of Habakkuk. And we're talking about the title that we called that last week was God, Do You Even Care? So we're coming to uh, Habakkuk chapter 2. And that's where we're going to be starting this week. So if you didn't hear Habakkuk, <clears throat> the the first uh, Bible study, go back and listen to it and then proceed to chapter uh, 2. So we find now that Habakkuk is going to go back out now. And he says that in Habakkuk 2 and 1, He's going to, he says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. So Habakkuk is, he's a, he's a watchman. And so he's going back to his position because he's been a little bit, in the other chapter, but he's coming around a little bit to see how God is going to answer about how Israel uh, will be, how Israel is being treated. It's been a burden on him. And Habakkuk has been looking around that previous chapter and he's seeing how it seems like that he's just watching so much evil in the land and how it just seems like the evil people are triumphing over the righteous so now he's gonna God has spoken to him and he's gonna go back and he's gonna get up on his watchtower get back in the position as to him being a watchman over the nations he wants to see what God is gonna say to him Jeremiah 6 and 17 it says I have set watchmen and God is talking about prophets he has set watchmen over, over the nations, and he wants them to, to listen and to pay attention and then to sound the alarm. When they hear God speaking, the duty of the watchman is to say what God is saying to alert the people as to what is about to happen in their country, in their, in their land. Thank God for the watchmen who cry out, in this day about the the things that God is saying and the things that God is telling for them to announce to the people to do. Isaiah 21, 8 says about the watchman, he says, and to look out, call if like a lion, O Lord, I stand continually on the watchtower by day and I am stationed every night at my guard post. Ezekiel 3.17 talks about being the watchman and it says, Son of man, he's talking to Ezekiel, I have appointed you as a watchman to the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them. So Habakkuk, is back upon his watch post. He's up in the tower, and a tower normally is built upon a wall. This is built so that the watchman could see what was coming to attack a city, and he could sound the alarm long before the people could get there because he could see in the, at a distance. So Habakkuk wants to see 
He's, he wants to see what the Lord is going to say. And then he says that he's, he's studying to see what he's going to say or thinking of, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. So God is going to correct whatever thinking has been in Habakkuk and God will correct us. We just have to wait for uh to to be corrected by God. Sometimes a reproval can be a rebuke and it's a little bit stronger than him just uh, reproving. When he rebukes, there's a sternness about it. And it says in verse 2, and the Lord answered me. So he was expecting something to happen and the Lord answered. When you're getting ready to do something for God, do you have an expectancy that God is going to say something back to you? And answer. So the Lord did come and he answered um, Habakkuk. Habakkuk had gotten into position to hear from the God. Habakkuk had gone back to that last thing that God had told him to do. Sometimes when we're looking for an answer from God, we need to get back up on our post, get off that pity party. And get back to doing what God has told us to do. And we wait and see what God's going to say. Because sometimes God wants you to go back to that last assignment that you haven't finished. Before he can say anything say anything else to you. Get back on your post and do what you're supposed to do. So the Lord spoke to him and he said unto him. And the Lord in verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said write the vision. So write what you see. And make it plain upon tablets that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come to tarry. It sh- for, for it will surely come, it will not tarry. So when God speaks a word to you and you have def- you definitely have heard from God, you got to know that whatever God says is going to happen, it has to happen. It may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. But if the Lord has said a thing to you, it will come to pass. It has to happen because God is not a God that he could lie. So when God gives you a sure word as he's speaking to Abaca, he told him to write the vision, make it plain so that people will understand it. And then when people hear it, they can run with it because thus saith the Lord, the Lord has said God is going to do a certain thing. And when God speaks that certain thing, you can bank on it just like you can uh, you can write a check on God. That check won't bounce the bank. A definitive word, a clear word from the Lord will not fall to the ground. So it has to happen. He says, Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. So you can look at this one of two ways and stuff. When we doubt God, we're not living by faith. But God says when we doubt in God, we're in the wrong spirit. 
We've got to lift God up. We got to believe in the promises of God. We got to believe that our heavenly father is going to watch over us. He's going to protect us and he's going to keep us. And we have to be in the right. uh, We have to be in the right frame of mind. We can't be lifted up thinking that we know more than God. But God is talking about the Chaldean soul. His soul is not right before God. He's walking out in arrogance. He's walking out in pride. And he's thinking that he is doing all of these things. But God is going to turn and turn this situation around. God will reprimand you. God will pull you down a peg. Pride, it says, what is it? Uh, uh, Pride comes before fall. And so the Chaldeans will fall because they're thinking that they're doing all of these things by their false gods and their gods are enabling them. But God will pull you down a notch so that you can see what God is saying. So we have to, even with us, we have to keep our, our hearts and our minds right in our thinking and stuff. We got to walk in line with the way God is directing things for his purposes. And we got to know that even when God speaks something, it, the coming to pass of it is in the timing of our God. And we have to trust in him and know that we don't know more than God and we rest in in him. So it says that in verse 5, it says, Yea, also, because he transgresseth by wine, he is a proud man, neither keepeth, neither keepeth at home, who enlarges his desire as hell, and is as death, and cannot be satisfied, but gathereth unto him all nations, and heapeth unto him all people. And if you stop and you look at He's talking about the Chaldeans here who want everything. Hell enlarges its borders every day because you can't satisfy hell. When you got that nature in you to want and to desire and you have no reverence for God, you don't care how you get what you're going to get. You just want what you want. And every day you want something on your lust. Your lust are never satisfied. And so that's why it's just like hell. So, but God is going to deal with people who have this type of spirit in them where they just want to keep on enlarging. They don't matter who they take from, but God is going to answer that one one day because God is going going to um, come in and God is going to deal with how you got ill-gotten gain. This is for anybody who's out there who's doing evil too. You're taking from other folks and you're not caring about the labors that they put in so that you can get the ill-gotten gain and, and heap it upon your own lust to build you up. But one day there is a reckoning coming from God where God is going to look on those labors of the people who sacrifice and who suffer but who had things taken from them because of the lust of the heart of the person who took it from them to build it upon their own lust God is not asleep God sees all the injustices that go on in the world and he was saying that he saw what was happening in Habakkuk's time but it was be the timing of the Lord as we talked about that God would use the Babylon when I talked about it in in 
uh, Habakkuk 1, he would use the Babylonians to bring about the the Israel because Israel had been sinning. And so God was going to bring that correction in Israel and God is going to use the Chaldeans. But one day God will look at all of this in the book of Habakkuk and he's going to address even the Chaldeans after, after it's done with the correction of Israel. God is going to address what the Chaldeans did. In your lifetime when evil comes upon you things are taken away from you by nothing really that you have done but if you have done if you repent God will deal with those things and God can go back and fix those things once you repent that you lost even if you were walking in sin but so we got to trust in our God that he will do what he says he will do that he is a faithful God that when we turn from our wicked ways God is going to help us to recover God will help to bless us but in this book he's talking about that he will deal with the Chaldeans he will deal with the transgressions he says that hell enlarges and we know hell is enlarging its borders because of the lust that is in man of the lust here that was in the Chaldeans who would give no glory to God verse 6 says shall not all these take up A parable against him, taunting, uh, proving against him and say, Woe to him that increaseth that which is not his. How long? And to him that ladeth himself with thick clay. So how long? How long is it going to take? It's going to take the timing of God, but God will bring swift justice to those in his timing who have done wrong to take from people. And, and and you might think that you're going to get away, but you're going to get away for a minute. The Chaldeans will get away for a minute with it, but God is going to answer and God is going to speak because God is not going to let things continue to go on. He says in verse number seven, shall they not rise up suddenly and shall bite thee and awake that shall vex thee? Thou shalt be for booties unto them. So when you think when an evil person and hear the Chaldeans thinking they're getting away and when evil people come and do evil things, even against you in this time, when we walk with God, the Bible declares that one day they're going to rise up. One day they're going to rise up and they're going to bite you. So what you give out in this day, it's going to come back one day when you do evil against others. It's going to come back one day to haunt you because the very ones that you've done it to going to come back against you one day to get back those things. And then it'll be God will move on your behalf, whether he uses you or he goes in himself to do what he says he's going to do to get back and to correct evil people when they think that they're doing great things in themselves God is going to turn around and make the evil people be the ones who get pounced upon 
Make the evil people be the one who have to pay back for that evil that they have done. And they have get that correction from God because they give no reverence to God. They take those things which are not theirs. And God is going to pay back those people who have it stolen from them. So you trust in God when you're going through something. You don't have to sit and worry about vengeance is yours. No, the Bible declares that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So he says in verse number, verse number eight, it says, because thou hast spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee because of men's blood for the violence of the land and the city and all that dwell therein. So the blood that the blood that's spilt for innocent people, because when a nation gets judged, sometimes things happen to the whole nation as a whole when things are, are when sinning is abounding. But the blood of those where innocent people die when wicked people come in, their blood speaks to God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and God is going to come in and God is going to speak up against that. You can't covet evil and expect for your covetedness to go unanswered from God. When you covet the things of other people and God says it's not yours, God is going to reckon with your covetous spirit that 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 you have in your heart, that wickedness. And God is going to cause a shame to come upon your household, a shame to come upon you. See, this is the thing that happens when a shame comes upon you. You make choices and decisions, but it's just like any time that we make decisions in our life, we might be making one decision, but when we're making that one decision, we also making another, although it's an unspoken decision. Just like I use, for example, when we decide that we're going to go out here and I'll use even now in in the COVID-19 world that we're going to wear a mask, not wear a mask. Well, then we choose that we got our freedom to not wear a mask. So that's the choice that we make for that day. But what your ultimate choice might also be is that you choose not to wear the mask because that's your right not to wear one. But you might also choose be choosing at the same time, although you didn't speak it, to catch COVID-19 and to take it back to your family. And then for you to be having funerals in your future, all because you chose your freedom right there not to wear a mask. So it's the same thing here when we take from people and we take from the hard work that people have done. We might be choosing shame to come upon our household because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And so when when God comes back and he comes back to rectify those things that we have done, then when God causes that shame to come, it's going to be associated with that thing and you will be able to identify it. That thing that was done in the past when you hurt somebody else now shame has come upon your house and now you're paying for what you have done in your past and that will be what will happen to the Chaldeans in their time because God is going to recompense back to them for the evil that they have done it says thou in that 10th verse like it says thou shall shall has consulted shame 
to thy house by cutting off many people and has sinned against thy soul. So you making a problem against your own self by the choices that you make. Because when you make one choice, you vocally say that and you think it in your mind, but you also make another choice that may be unspoken. That'll be a seed that's planted out there that one day will come rooted up and it'll come back to haunt you. It says, For the stone shall cry out of the wall, and the beam out of the timber it shall answer. And so it's as if when sin is running rapid, the environment takes on a personification of a person, and the environment sees the things that you have done. And so it's like, to me, this verse is referring, it refers back to remember when Jesus said that if uh, he could raise up stones, even the very stones would cry out, is that the stones in the walls would be the voice of God and it would witness against the sins that the Chaldeans had done. The, 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 the everything sees everything that you do, uh, that the evil people do, and the walls themselves will speak and cry out. And then it will have a witness because if you Uh, remember in Matthew 7 he talks about the beam that is in your eye so the beams that are in the timbers of the walls the beams will the beams will speak out up against the evil that has been done the beams will be the the beams will be the eyesight because they have seen the stones will be the voice because they can tell the story of what you've done amen the beams saw it and testify the 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 walls the stones speak out so it's like God has this thing all interwoven it says woe that means judgment in verse number 12 woe to him that buildeth a town with blood you can't do start off wrong and expect it to come out right even if you build the city even if you build whatever you gonna build if you start out wrong that thing will crumble because you started out on shaky sand it's the only thing you can build on is christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand so it says you've established a city by iniquity that city gonna fall because you cannot start out right and expect god to bless right when you start bless wrong and and expect it to go right because God speaks and we have to listen at what God is saying so God ain't gonna bless your mess when you build something you gotta build it right so it says that woe is going to come unto them when you build that city. That means the judgment of God is going to fall upon you. Verse number 14. And, and so verse number 14, it says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So God's glory is always going to come about. 
God's glory is going to remember the hard work and the labors that you've done when you've sacrificed and you've taken care of your your families, the hard work that you put into things. God's glory is going to, God's going to say, well done, thy good and thy faithful servant. God is going to remember when inequities come to you, the hard work that you put into things. Uh, God is going to speak from the earth because when God gets ready to rise up and he begins to speak against injustice, uh, you're going to know that the hand of God is moving because you can't, you cannot stand when the glory of the Lord begins to invade a territory. You will not be able to stand up against it because who are you to stand up against the mighty hand of God is and so when God stands get ready Bishop Jake says get ready get ready get ready you can get ready get ready get ready you can get ready get ready get ready but you won't be able to fight against the glory of God Amen. You cannot fight against God's glory. When he begins to correct and when he begins to move, who is man that he can fight up against the almighty God? Who is man that he can say how God moves? Who is man that he can say when God moves? Just know that when God does decide to move, you better get ready in your heart. You better humble yourself down. Because when the glory of the Lord is moving, when he's sweeping over, nobody can contend with God. The Bible says, woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink. I'm in that 15th verse. And puttest the bottle to him to make of him drunk, and that thou might lookest upon his nakedness. Who is the man who does evil and gets a person drunk? And you know when you get somebody drunk, they don't think quite right. And then you can uh, go and take from him because you got an advantage. Thou Thou art filled with shame for the glory. I'm at that. 16th verse and it drink thou art filled with with shame for glory drink thou also and let thy foreskin be uncovered the cup of the Lord's right hand shall be turned unto thee and shameful spewing shall be on thy glory so when you in verse 15 you cheated somebody and now you look on their barrenness and their nakedness but shame the same thing I said before when you choose to do evil you make a decision that you're going to do something then you also make another decision that may not be spoken and God is talking about that very same shame that God is talking about that shame will come upon your household because you chose to look on somebody else and and put them at a disadvantage so God is going to put the evil person at a disadvantage he's going to put the Chaldeans at a disadvantage they're going to bring shame upon their household so we need to be mindful of how we live in this life and how we treat others in this lifetime because what we what we what is 
it. What you going to reap, that you sow. So we need to watch what we sow. Because while we sowing right now and living high off the hog, or living and thinking we at the top of the mountain, have we made decisions also that we will bring shame upon our household for how we got ill-gotten gain in our present? Are we putting shame for a future time in our household by the seeds that we're planted hallelujah so god is going to deal with the chaldeans and god is going to deal with what has happened to israel it says for the violence of lebanon shall cover thee and the spoil of the beasts which made them afraid because of men's blood for the violence of the land of the city and all that dwell therein what profit so you know that when you do evil, it's, you're going to get paid back. And like I said, Medea, uh, Tyler Perry's Medea says you're going to get God. So the Chaldeans going to get God. In this illustration here in Habakkuk 2, they might not get it today, but you're going to get God. Chaldeans, you're going to get God. And when we do evil against other people, and heaping it upon our own lust and enlarging hell up against us. As Medea says, you're going to do evil, but you're going to get God. So it says, what profit, verse 18, what profiteth the graven image that the maker thereof have, have graven it, the molten image and a teacher of lies, that the maker of his works trusteth therein to make dumb idols. So woe unto him, verse 19, that saith to the wood, Awake, O to the dumb stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. So the Chaldeans were thinking about their idols that they had made with their hands, their idols of wood, their idols of stone. This was what was blessing them as they were going in through the lands and they were conquering lands and taking over territories and destroying nations. They thought that their images that they had made were their gods who were protecting them. And even in this day, how many gods do we have? The job can be a god. It's protecting you. You got the money coming in and it's going to keep you. Your prestige and your status in community is keeping you. Your wealth is keeping you. Your beauty is keeping you and causing you to be able to get things. All these things are images. These are idols. These are idols that we worship. But we, the ultimate thing is, that when you believe that way, you're teaching yourself wrong. As the Chaldeans were taught that their idols were keeping them, God just wanted them to know that they just something that's coated over with gold. It's just something that's coated over with, with silver. But it can't speak. It can't talk. It can't walk. It can't do anything. It is dead. It is just an object that has no life. And when you put those things 
in it. Your beauty is going to fade. One day your job may fade. One day you, you may be rich today and bankrupt tomorrow. And then when all those things that you have counted on in your life, when those things fail and the glory of God gets up and when God's glory begins to sweep and it begins to move because of what you banked on, even with your idols. And when God's glory would begin to move against the Chaldeans because of what they banked on and what they thought they had because of the idols in their life. When God's glory begins to get up and it begins to move, the God says, but the Lord is in his holy temple and God does see. And just as God promised to Habakkuk, he's going to get up and he's going to rise up and he's going to stand and he's going to take a stand against those people who have come against you just as he would take the stand up against the Chaldeans for the evil that they did. So God might have to correct us. God might have to do some correcting in us. And I do believe that all the evil that is in the land now, God is doing a correction in his people. So when God's glory begins to move, humble yourself down. The Chaldeans would be humbled before God because they will see that those gods they counted on, that pride and that arrogance that they counted on, it's going to fail in the sight of the almighty God. Hallelujah. Uh, Let all the earth keep silence before him. So what you going to say when God is moving? What you going to do when God is moving? What will the Chaldeans begin to do when God began to remove them? Hallelujah. So God, do you see? God, do you even care? Yeah, God cares. God sees and God knows. But it's all in the timing of God. So be patient, brothers and sisters. Yes, we're going through some things in this day and time, but we got to be patient. Keep your eyes on God. Stay focused. Know that God sees and God hears and God cares. God sees, God hears, and God cares. And one day, God is going to do something. God is going to move against those who moved against you, as he would do against the Chaldeans. They were an evil people, but God used them to bring about correction. If we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek God's face, God is going to do a thing in our time that nobody knows. God will bring about a correction and God can bring about a blessing upon his people if we will just trust in him, the almighty God. So this has been our Bible study for this week, and we trust that you have gotten something out of it. And we're going to finish up the book of Habakkuk on our next Bible study. I hope that you will come back and you will join with me in the study of the Word of God. I also ask you to subscribe so that you can get the podcast when they come out. And I ask that you uh, would share the podcast with somebody because there are some good teachings in here for the Bible study, especially since we are in the COVID-19 and seems like this is going to carry on into sometime next year. So 
but we don't give any glory to Satan. We give our glory to God because right now we in this situation, but there is something that God is working out for his people and stuff. So when we see God begin to really move and he is moving now because some people are changing and some people are changing their lives, but we still see that hell is enlarging its territories because some people still want to go on and do what Satan wants them to do. But we nevertheless, we march on in God. So until we meet again, you be blessed in the Lord and you, you just trust in God that he will do what he says he will do. Until we meet again, bye-bye and be blessed.